Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 145. And while 145 might not seem significant to you, it is Masters Week. So for us in the Northeast, that means golf is starting. That means the PGA Tour season is 100% open for business, in full swing, and ready to go. Now for those that have not been to Augusta National, let me just tell you without bragging, well, maybe a humble brag, Scott and I have been there, and it is one of those things in life that exceeds expectations. Uh, They say never meet your heroes, but if Augusta National is a hero to you in the game of golf, in terms of golf course architecture and history, I can solidly tell you that it will in no way disappoint whatsoever. This week's episode, we're going to talk about the redemption of Jordan Spieth on Easter Sunday, that coming on the heels of Masters Week, a Masters without Tiger Woods. Brooks Kepka is practicing there even after undergoing knee surgery. Remember, we just had the Masters in November, so DJ, while not at the top of his game, is starting to regain a little bit of momentum, but the course is going to play completely different than it did in November, obviously. If you watch the Augusta National Women's Amateur, then you know the place is running firm and fast and will continue to do so this week for the men. Speed's redemption is a, is a big-time story, especially because of how far he had fallen in the World Golf Rankings and how lost he had been. Scott and I will go over a little bit of that and talk about some tales of being lost on the course. Scott played Beth Page this week, or at least tried to. And then finally, we'll finish up with some of our own Masters memories and what we're going to be doing for Masters Week. As always, big shout-out to our sponsor, Eagles and Arrows. We've got a brand-new hat out. They're doing limited edition hat runs as well as head covers every month. And this month's hat is the Tremendous Slouch Hat. Now, you may say that sounds familiar, and you'll know that from Caddyshack if you're a big fan of the iconic movie. Ty Webb is talking to Judge Smales in the locker room, and Judge Smales says, you know, I'm no slouch myself, Ty. And he says, oh, Judge, you're a tremendous slouch. So it's a great play on words, awesome hat, um, mesh back, trucker cap, So really nice, especially for those hot summer days that we have coming up, hopefully very, very soon. Um, Check us out on Instagram, at LeaveThePin. Go to iTunes, support us, leave us a rating, download, subscribe, tell your friends. And without any further ado, here's episode 145, Leave the Pin Masters Preview. Leader Pin Podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when they still played at the park. 7 p.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show. Leader Pin, get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and I swear I ain't lying. Yeah. Leave the pin. Scott, there's a lot of talk about redemption on Easter Sunday, and we bought a ton of stock in Jordan Spieth. I sold it all off yesterday, and I bought us week-long tickets to the Masters. Um, I'm actually surprised we don't have a ton of money left over for sandwiches um, because that stock's got to be super high right now. Absolute insanity. I mean, it's, it's Masters week, and there's a story in golf that is dwarfing Masters week. Here's the thing, though. Is it dwarfing Masters Week, or is it because it's Spieth and the, the sort of Masters lore that goes with him? Because he, uh, he's, uh, you know, we talk. I, I don't want to get like too crazy yet, but 
we talk about like horses for courses and uh, you know is there someone who's really better fit for augusta than him based on how he's done there no the only other person is recovering from injuries right now due to a catastrophic car accident no you're right yeah maybe it's not maybe it's not dwarfing um i mean look it's an enormous story to begin with right spieth fell so far he never pitied himself it was never what was me no one ever turned on him everyone just wanted to kind of you know congratulate even the smallest of margins cuz they know the exceptional talent that he is i think instead of dwarfing i should have said the timing of it was absolutely perfect now look we bought stock weeks ago when he started finishing top 15 top 20 then it was top 5 then it was a runner up t3 and and you know golf is very cyclical right and you can mm-hmm. diagnose patterns in golf and and Spieth was showing the pattern of someone that was destined to win i i do think i to to tepid the expectations of what comes next for him i do think that there's a lot of people out there maybe even himself included that knew he was going to win and are just a bit upset that it wasn't one week post yesterday Easter Sunday. That's that is definitely true, and and you know he you know, everyone talks about you know peaking for the majors um, and it how hard it is to sort of win two weeks in a row out on the PGA Tour, um, and then compound that by adding in the fact that you know we're talking about a major championship. You know, I, I can't really think of how many people have won the week before a major and then gone out and won that major. Um, having said that, you know, I, I think I saw somewhere that um, the week before Spieth's three majors, he had finished top three in the tournaments that he played in. So maybe that's just how he peaks. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it's definitely a good omen. Um, if he was in high form coming in, I mean, like, let's say playing great the last seven, eight months straight all the way through, I think I'd have a little bit more hope for a Masters victory. Because, look, I mean, there's nothing in the golf world, aside from Rory winning the Masters or DJ going back-to-back, right? Rory, that would make career Grand Slam. It makes him one of five or one of six people to have that. DJ going back-to-back from a November Masters that played soft compared to the way that Augusta will play this week, which we saw at the Anwa, is going to be so super fast. Um, There's no better story than Spieth, especially because of some of his recent letdowns at Augusta two, three years ago. I mean, we all remember him sitting on the 12th hole, and then walking away with, you know, a quad. Yep. So him him coming back and winning at Augusta, you know, would just be uh, not even set the golf world on fire, but the sports world. Oh, definitely. And and again, he, <laughs> I mean, anything can happen. Let's just call it that. So we talked about Spieth. He, he so won a here, big... By the way, I have the list. I have the list of people who have won the week prior to a major. It's, okay, a, mur- give me, give me... it's a murderer's row. Okay, and it has to be. It's not. Look, you can be a. F- I, I hate to say a fluke winner on tour. Now, when I say that, let me preface it by saying you know an astronomically great 
golfer, but when it comes to the zero zero or point zero 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 one percent that plays professional golf, you know, if you're not one of these top ten guys, then you know, winning twice in a row can be considered a fluke. So I'm sure there's no flukes out there. So give me give me these sharks that are up on this list. Well, the last two are Tiger and Phil. Okay. Um, oh seven, Tiger won the week before the PGA. And Phil won the Bell South Classic the week before he won the Masters in 06. Before that, it was Sandy Lyle um, in 1988. It's the year he won the Masters. Then Lee Trevino in 1971. And then you got to go all the way back to 1959. Art Wall won the Azalea Open before he won the Masters. And then the three after him or before him were Sneed, Hogan, and Byron Nelson. Okay, so first off, all time <laughs> all time greats, and notice the the decade discrepancy between these all. I mean, it happens like once every twenty years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the I guess the question becomes, you know, does Spieth belong on that list? You know, again, we're talking generational talents right there. And and up to three years ago. You know, you would you would say Spieth was a generational talent. He was the top guy out of all the young guns. Um, still only twenty seven. Still only twenty seven, right? I was going to say not even not even the over thirty crowd yet. You know, he's not he's not in the peak of his career, honestly. And he's got four majors, and he's got three three majors. Sorry, um, and he's got you know whatever now twelve, fifteen tour wins. But if you're a gambling person and you go based off the list that Scott just mentioned, you kind of see how it's almost next to impossible for him to win. But, you know, would it make an unbelievable story? Yes. Would it be magic in a bottle, lightning in a bottle twice? Yes, it would. Um, and let's be honest, Scott, this week we're not going to see Augusta like we saw in November, right? That was a one-off type thing, you know, with all the circumstances going on in the world, I don't know if you'll ever see that occur again. So the softness, DJ winning at 20 under, you know, guys st- sticking greens at Augusta. No. It's, it's not going to happen. And the Augusta National Women's Amateur this week, which ended on Saturday, showed kind of exactly what we're in for, which is awesome. And that was won by Subasa Kajitani, this 17-year-old from Japan, absolute phenom. You know, she's played, she made three starts on the LPGA Tour this year. She's won all over the world. She wins in a playoff. You kind of go and you think, well, two years ago, because it was canceled last year, two years ago, you had Jennifer Kupcho win. She's up to like 11th in the world now. Um, Kajitani looks like you know, that, that same prototypical mold. This girl probably turned pro before she's 18 um, and and probably be a top 10 talent in the women's game within the next two years. It's hard to argue that she won't be. I mean, that's the... I, I, I can't imagine, you know, how much more of a pinnacle of, you know, women's amateur golf you can get than where she's at right now. I mean, obviously winning the, the U.S. you know women's amateur is the, the pinnacle, but this has to be, you know, right behind that. So yeah, it's, it's slowly starting to, you know, make inroads in the women's amateur game. 
Well, you know, I tell you, because I want to talk about being at the Masters and stuff, obviously, and we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a little bit. But one of the things that was real cool about watching the Anwa is, you know, you get to see the women tee off from the members' tees. You know, you don't you don't have to see a whole stretch 485 yards for a par four. You know, you see it at like 390 or 376. And it was just kind of neat because I look at that, I'm like, if I ever played Augusta, that's where I would be teeing off. That's where you would be teeing off. Like, we would hit our tee shots, you know, somewhere comparable to where these women were. And and when you're at the Masters and you see the way they've extended the property, the way they've bought property, and the way that they've had to add new tees and lengthen holes, it's, you know, you can't wrap your head around it as an amateur golfer. But this showed Augusta in the same light that if somehow you and I got a Monday um, you know, ticket to go play the day after the final round for press, this is what we would see it as. Yeah, and if anyone's ever played a course, you know, like, uh, well, Beth Page has already, you know, sort of stretched as much as they can stretch it to begin with. But I'm thinking, like, uh, a course that has, like, a ton of different tee boxes and, like, the, the pro tees are, you know, set you know way way back from like what i'll call the normal tees um some of those shots are just insane you know to think about as an amateur golfer when you go up to those tees and look at and just like how how do they even reach the fairway from here you know how do they you know how do they shape their their drive to get that to that you know fairway over that way it does you know a lot of these things just don't make sense to us you know the mere mortal golfer um but again, that's just how they play the game. It really is a different game. So this, and obviously a course like Augusta, everyone's so familiar with because it's on TV every year. Um, to see it in that different light is definitely enlightening and it definitely a, a huge eye opener for a lot of people who think, oh, if I just practice a little bit, I can play out on the tour. Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, you, you just can't. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. It's just not going to happen. So I, I want to go into the course itself because, you know, as big as the tournament is, let's be honest, you know, the star this week is Augusta National. It's the club, it's its members, and it is the course. I mean, that that really is, I think, more so than any tournament all year long. Would you agree? Oh, always. Always. So let's go over some of the things that I, I want to – I'll throw some questions. I'll give an answer. You give an answer, too. Sure. Um. If if you if you knew someone that was going there this week, okay, first time ever, like when we went when we were first timers being there, what is the one thing during competition that you would tell them to to kind of look at and really notice during the competition? Uh, I would tell someone to spend some time just watching guys tee off on twelve. I mean, just just watching how, you know, they strategize and, you know, how they consider the wind and, you know, how they talk things out with their caddy. I mean, again, we've talked about that a million times. Also, like the player caddy interaction is is fascinating. And for, you know, a golfer who maybe hasn't you know been to a ton of tournaments and, you know, they happen to score themselves some master's tickets like, hey, listen, you're going. That's like the ultimate in you know, I need to figure out what shot I'm hitting here. And it seems so simple, but uh, as you well know, it is definitely not. So 
that yeah, that's where I would go. The other thing at, at 12, you know, obviously what's super cool is, is you got the tee shot on 13 that you get to see guys bend it around the corner. You have the approach shot on 11, which is, mm-hmm. you know, super cool. But honestly, you, you need to go to the tee box at 11 and just wander to that back end of the property there where no one is. Mm-hmm. And when the guys pass, lean over the ropes and look down that fairway and try to envision where there's a landing spot because from the tee, there just, there isn't like it, it's, it, it's just non-existent. Uh, it's just insane. The one thing I would tell people during competition time is to really watch guys around the greens. Now you and I went to a practice round, so mm-hmm. we got to see them hitting to different areas and you know, you get so many people that play their local muni or whatever, or their club, and they get accustomed to playing that place. They know where to miss, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm telling you, there are pitches and chips around the green at some of these holes there. Two is one that sticks out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, uh, uh, 15, uh, 7, 17, 5. Greens that are, are so complex that you would stand over a chip and just like look at a caddy and be like, I, I literally do not know what to do. Like, I, I, I don't know how to hit this. I don't even have this shot. How in the world am I going to keep this on the green here? Right. Well, think about like 16. You know, how many hole-in-ones we'll see or balls that are close to, you know, a hole-in-one that land nowhere near the hole. Right. And it's it's just a matter of I, I know if I hit the ball in this spot, it's going to funnel down towards the hole. And then from there, it's, you know, you know, that that's where the gamble is, obviously. But I know it's going to be close. So, again, just knowing how to play that green and, and knowing where to land it. Um, I, I mean, look at the, the crazy tiger chip in there. You yep. know, the, he lands that nowhere near the hole. And it just. Again, just knowing the greens really well at that place is, you know, second to none. Yeah, it's, it's kind of outside the realm of an amateur golfer to think that, okay, the hole is there. Like, if you're looking at a clock, the hole's at 12 o'clock, okay? Mm-hmm. But I have to hit a chip to 8 o'clock to get it near the hole that's at 12 o'clock. It, exactly. And because it, and, you know, because they roll so quickly there, too, you know, that's also, that comes into play. It's just... The, the the amount of like fine tuning that needs to happen for to you know get those chips close is is fascinating. Yeah, so that's sure. a good one. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, okay, so, uh, we do this every year. Someone's got twenty dollars to spend on food and food items only to last them through the day. How are you spending $20 there, Scott? How am I spending $20 there? Um, so it's got to last me the whole day? Uh, yeah, give or take. Yeah, I mean, because come on, so, it can. We know it can. Oh, definitely. Um, I was just no, I was just trying to figure out, you know, do I need to, you know, get myself some coffee and stuff like that? Um, so, yeah, I'll probably grab myself a, a chicken biscuit. That's one of my favorite breakfasts to begin with. That's $1.50, a uh, g- cup of coffee. On top of that, so it's another dollar fifty. So that's three bucks just for breakfast. Um, grab myself a snack uh, somewhere between breakfast and lunch. So call it another two dollars. So I'm up to five dollars right now, and I haven't even gotten the lunch. Um, 
So I, I think I'm doing pretty good there. Um, then I grab myself either, um, probably go with barbecue. Uh, so was that three bucks? Mm-hmm. And then grab myself uh, probably a, a a soft drink, as they like to call it. Um, but I think we all know it's Coke. Um, so that's another five dollars. So I'm up to ten. Maybe I'll grab a an ice cream sandwich to go with that. Yeah, a little peach ice cream sandwich. Can't you can't go wrong. No. Uh, so I'm at twelve. I got to grab another snack at some point. Um, so let's say I'm at fifty. A couple bottles of water. Uh, yeah, I, I, you lot, know, it's a lot of food. It is a lot of food, but you're gonna be walking around a lot, a lot of hills, burning some calories for sure. I, I'm so. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give people a little uh, life hack at Augusta National if you're ever there. Get yourself uh, one of the chicken biscuits. Get yourself a pimento cheese sandwich. You might not really like eating the pimento cheese on its own. You know, you might need some substance. Mm-hmm. You take some of the pimento cheese, take it off, put it on top of the chicken, close that baby up, smother it up, let it get nice and hot in the wrapper, sit down somewhere, watch yourself a few golfers go past. They don't sell a chicken sandwich with pimento cheese, but you can make it yourself there. Oh, well, exactly. And that's that's the beauty of the sandwiches. They're so cheap. Um, you can... Buy it just to try it and be like, you know what? I don't really want this or I don't want all this. I'm going to toss it, go buy myself another one. And it's not like you spent a ton of money like you're at, you know, an, an average sporting event. You spend the, anywhere between $1.50 and $3 for it. The great thing about the drinks, too, is you get a plastic cup blazing with the Masters logo and the year that you went to the tournament. For free, you will see people picking them out of garbage cans on their way out, literally holding stacks of 30 to 40 cups. I, I still have, uh, God, probably eight of them that are still in decent shape. I know you use some as pencil holders and stuff, so we've got them lying around everywhere. I have two on my desk right now. I have one that has a, it has a hole in the bottom, which is why I use it for pencils. Um, and then I have another one that I, you know, I, I drink water while we're doing this. So that's usually what I put my water in. So. Golf odds are out for the Masters. We know that it's always very difficult to handicap golf tournaments, let alone the Masters. Here are the top uh, top five. Scott, tell me if any of these guys are going to win. DJ's at eight to one. DeChambeau's at twelve to one. Rom is twelve to one. JT is twelve to one. And Rory, looking to complete the career Grand Slam after the meltdown at Augusta, is sixteen to one. Do we get any of those guys? What was on- let's speak that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm he wasn't he's... on that list. I, he's got to be, I, I, I would say, at least right at right behind DJ or yeah, I'm trying to uh, or right behind Rom. I, I'm trying to find him, dude. He's uh, what he's was, he's was, ten to one. He's ten to one. I was one gonna now. say, what was DJ at? Because Speed's got to be DJ is at eight to one. And yeah. Spieth is at 10 to 1. He just made a big jump. He was at 40 to 1 last week. 10. Yeah. Forget that. Let's play a better game. Tell Go me out it. of these three who's going to make you the most money winning or highest finish. That are all 10,000 to 1 odds. Larry Mize, Sandy Lyle, Eden Woosnam. Hmm. 
I think uh, Sandy Lyle. I'll take Sandy Lyle too. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I when we did this not too. I actually I think legitimately took Sandy Lyle because I felt like he was on form. <laughs> there's uh you know there there's some guys that if you're really looking for some dark horse picks, Phil's I know Phil's not playing great, but it's Augusta. Phil's two hundred to one. What's like Bubba at? Uh, Bubba is sitting. At I just saw him. Hold on, eighty to one. I'll take that. I, I, if Cam I had Ch- if I had a spare hundred dollars floating around and I could you know legally bet here in New York, I, I that's not a terrible bet. Cam Champ is two hundred to one. That's pretty good too. He, he's been on some good form as of late. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look at some other big ones. There's, there's nothing really that kind of st- Max Home is 125 to one. That's not a bad take, right eh, there. It's not. I don't know that he's there yet, though. I don't think he is either. But you know, no. Justin Rose is at 100 to one. He's been struggling a ton lately. Justin Rose has not been playing well lately. No. But so that's that someone who plays practice. well there. So right. who knows? Well, look at look at this. Here, here's here's one that I'd be interested in possibly taking. Adam Scott is eighty to one odds. Former champ, obviously not in the prime of his career anymore. But who knows the place better than someone that's won there? Uh, no, definitely. I mean, especially if you could take him. If you could take him for a a, a top ten at eighty to one. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Now, all right. I'm, I'm just looking to see what his finishes there have been. While you're while you're doing other that, other than the win, obviously. Yeah, we only have three amateurs in the tournament this year. We've got Joe Long from England, Charles Osborne, he's from the U.S. as well as Tyler Strafici, uh, the U.S. Am champ from the U.S. I mean, betting odds are Strafici goes all the way and goes low am. You think anything different than that, Scott? Nah, I can't imagine it would. Won the North South, won the Palmetto Amateur, you know, won the USM. It's stupid. Kids, you know, should be a pro kind of in the making there. Um, yeah, so Osborne finished second at Bannon Dunes at the USM to Strafici. That's how he gets in. And then Joe Long from England uh, gets in on whatchamacallit, on the uh, British Am. So we've right. got the U.S. runner-up, the U.S. Am champ, and the British Am champ. Um, that, that's it this year, you know? Yeah, small, with COVID and people not yep. being able to travel yep. as much. Yep, small, small amateur field. A bunch of guys were there yesterday. One of the most surprising names there yesterday was Brooks Kepka. I'm shocked. I, I, mean, I, I saw that, and I was like, no way. The, the, I, 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 aside from Spieth, I'm almost speechless, honestly. Uh, aside from Spieth, this dude's had the most whirlwind last two weeks. He goes in for knee surgery. He gets engaged to Jenna Sims. Uh, he got think? engaged like a month ago, but was it that long ago? It. Yeah, oh. they, she's been. Uh, if you um, I if you look at her Instagram stories, she said that she's been hiding her left hand for she was hiding her left hand for all of March. And then she also had um, a bunch of shots where you can clearly see the ring where she just, and she was commenting like, I did a really terrible job here. Did a really bad job on this one. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. Some, someone clued me into it. 
Um, and I was like, oh, that she did screw up. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I don't follow her at all. Um, wouldn't it just be easy enough to take a picture by taking the ring off? I guess she forgot. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she doesn't seem like the smartest one out there. But anyway, so this, this look, this dude shows up, and it's not like he's just going around chipping and putting. Like, he's taking full swings and basically announcing himself recovered from knee surgery two weeks ago. Uh, uh, I hope it doesn't backfire on him, well, to be I, honest yeah, with I, you. We we talked about that. I cannot see how he truly had knee surgery. You know, I, I it might have been like PRP, sur- you know, replacement, replacement uh, injections or something like that. But there, there's no way there could have been anything reconstructive in that because he wouldn't be walking right now. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like, so I, I feel he walked like, out of there, though, too. So, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's sort too. So I feel like he kind of played up the drama a little bit, uh, you know, and Br- look, Brooks is like that. Like he's, he's a little bit of, you know, a head case. Like he, he has to be the underdog. He has to have, you know, he has to play with hate. He has to have that chip on his shoulder all the time to play well. And, and who knows, maybe this is what he needed. You know, maybe he was like, Hey, look, look, feel bad for me. I just had knee surgery. I went under the night, blah, blah, blah. I'm back idiots. I'm going to smash the masters too. Yeah. Um, again, I hope it doesn't backfire for him. Um, I feel like it's even if it was sort of minor surgery, it's still too soon. Hey, best scenario for me is him and DJ in a playoff on Sunday at the Masters. Oh, why is that? I'm curious. Why, why Brooks and DJ? Yeah. Because they hate each other. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that—that's true. I want to see enemies. I, I'll hey, I'll also settle for Brooks and DeChambeau, and then I'll also settle for Jordan and JT in a playoff. Uh, Jordan and JT in a playoff be interesting for sure. Because I don't sure. know that those two are capable of not growing out enough <laughs> to like really like like. I almost feel like they'd play like one hole and just be like. Hey, you just want to split this? <laughs> they might. They might. I mean, you know, and the only reason I say a playoff is because what's better than 72 holes at Augusta is 75 holes or 76 holes. Yeah, exactly. That That's definitely true. I, I, I definitely love, you know, the extended tournament for whatever reason, um, you know, because, you know, someone either – you know, misses a putt on 18 and to, you know, force it into a playoff or somebody, you know, make some crazy run at the end to force a playoff. Right. So. Right. No, I, so I, I'm so, I, I, the more we talk about it, I'm just so excited <laughs> for the masters to start again. It's kind of, it's kind of it no really, way you, you can't not be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, the only thing that I, I, you know, obviously no par three this year, um, yeah, two but, years in a row. That kind of sucks. I don't understand why they're not doing it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling they're saying social distancing, and you know that little corner of the property is is very small, and it's hard to keep people spaced apart there. There's really just not enough room. They could. I think they could do it without fans and make it a made-for-TV type event. 
Yeah, that's that's but, just do it that way. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I am I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I guess I mean I guess with the you know tradition of having the families out there, you know what it is? They probably don't want to do it differently than the way they've done it before. If they if they can't do it their way, they just don't want to do it. Sure. Let's go with sure. that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they do what they what they want to do there, so that kind of makes a bit of sense, Scott, you know? Yeah, I, I you know what? Much respect to them for that. They can get away with it. For sure, for sure. Hey, hey, guys! Uh, what's up, DJ? I got your new number! <laughs> I, how you doing, DJ? What's going on? Listen, get- I don't, I, I don't want to stay very long. Uh, because I am at Augusta National. It is in a state called Georgia, and I'm practicing. There's a tournament going on, Scott. Yeah, uh, you're defending your championship. Yeah, you I'm the feeling Masters good. Last year. Yeah, I'm, I, I did win that. I, I've mentioned it to you every time I leave the damn podcast, Scott. That's true. I say, I'm, the, I'm not going to say it because that's when I leave. I'll do it later. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm wearing green. I'm seeing green. I'm smoking green, and I'm mm-hmm. feeling like a lean, mean Masters machine but let's get into what's important scott i made the champions dinner i i heard you it you worked on it from what i saw i was barbecuing all day uh, oh you actually cooked the champions dinner i uh, okay this is correct living the lifestyle i live you get hungry quite often i would imagine and i guess that's maybe why you have some like appetizers on the menu some i guess you could call them munchies um yes got munchies before the the actual like main meal yeah i talked to fred ridley and i was like fred can i just serve sandwiches and fred was like no dustin you cannot and i was like okay chill dude you don't have to yell so let me tell you what i'm serving scott Look, go for it. For appetizers, I'm going to have some pigs in a blanket, lobster and corn fritters. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, definitely sounds like something, you know, good. Have uh, you know, a little drink, a couple, uh, couple snacks before the meal. You don't want to get too full, so, you know, have a little something to, you know, get you started. I like it. For drinks, we're having some scissor. Uh, you mean like it, purple Gatorade? Okay, I had it imported from Atlanta. Oh, okay, okay, we'll we'll go with that. Scott, also get... listen, okay. listen. Ahead. Pigs in a blanket are not pigs. See, I didn't know that. And when I when they when they said, "Hey DJ, do you want pigs in a blanket?" and I was like. Y'all crazy, but yeah, I want to see some pigs wrapped up in a blanket at Augusta. Turns out it's a finger food. Who knew? Hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Um, lobster and corn fritters also sound good. I, I personally can't eat lobster, but... Yeah, you'll die. Yeah, it's it sounds, sounds like it would be good. Okay, so. listen. Listen to this next one. This is the only part of the meal that Jenna can eat. Do you know Jenna? Uh, is that, are you talking about Brooks's girl? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to fight him one day. Listen, 
first course is house salad or Caesar salad. I like giving people options. So I, uh, I respect that you too like to give people that choice. Then we're going to have some sides. Mashed potatoes or spring vegetables. For the main course, I'm going to have fillet mignon and miso marinated sea bass. Fillet mignon? Yeah, what well, I did. Oh, am I that high? Did I stutter? Yeah, fillet mignon. Uh, you mean filet mignon. Hmm. I'm not that sure. I'm not a chef, but I'm reading the menu to you, and it says Philip Mignon, so okay. Did uh, Paulina help you out with this? Paulina and I are both not good at, uh, how do you say, spelling and pronunciation. Hmm. Right, I understand. I understand. Well, I mean, Philip Mignon sort of French. She's Canadian- so you know oh but, oh is that how you say it it's french oh we oui, we oui, filet mignone gotcha beautiful and then for dessert i'm gonna have peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla kush ice cream vanilla ice cream okay good 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 yeah hey well, Scott. i i don't know when the next time you're planning on being by new york is but uh you know, I, I think some of your recreational hobbies are now legal here. Hey, Scott. Yes. You think Fred Ridley gets high? Um, I don't think he does. Hey, Scott. How about Hootie? Definitely. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, anyone who who calls himself Hootie, probably. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm gonna give you one question and one question only before I go back to the putting green. Go for it. No, you asked me. I don't have any question to ask. Oh. Uh, okay, great. What's your prediction on how well you'll finish this week? Ooh, Scott, that's a good prediction. I put $2 million on me winning. Okay, well, good luck. I mean, that's a significant what, amount of money. What are my odds? Uh, what was it, 8 to 1? Oh, oh, Scott, that means I'll win $2 million if I win. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what it means. Um, well, I'll give you and Dan half of the eight dollars that I win. Awesome, awesome! I can't wait. Half, if you give us half of your winnings, I'll be very happy. Well, I bid you adieu, and hopefully, for not the last time, I'm the Masters champ. Bye. Be good, DJ. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you what do you what do you think? Um, about DJ? Yeah, I just removed myself from now on. Yeah, I think he needs help. Yeah. With, you know, with his putting, because he's on the putting green right now. He's probably working with a swing coach. That That's that's all I'm going to say. Now, he was he was there yesterday with this tailor-made bag. And mm. all of his head covers are green. The bag's white. The top of the bag is green. All of his head covers are green. He was wearing a green pullover with white pants. I thought that was just an exceptionally boss move to wear almost like a pseudo green jacket on the first day there. Oh, right, exactly. And, you know, that I, I definitely agree with you, by the way. If, um, you know, if you got it, 
you know, flaunt it. And, you know, he's he's the defending champion. So, you know, if he shows up in all green, all greened out, um, you know, obviously people are going to take notice of that. And I'm sure that was very intentional on Taylor Maid's part. Um, but, you know, it definitely says to the rest of the, you know, rest of the players, the rest of the field, hey, just so y'all know, I came here to play. And I really like this green and you're going to have to take it from me. If you got, let's say you made it into the master somehow, Scott, and mm-hmm. you got paired up with, with certain people, I don't want to talk about who would be the coolest to get paired up with because that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of easy. I want to ask the hard questions here. Who do you think would be the most annoying tour pro to have in your group? I've got a kind of few in my mind. That I was that I was kind of thinking of. Who's be the most annoying? Mm. Now one one of my people. I, one of mine's very I would surprise you probably. Okay, well I'm let me go first. I'm going to tell you my first one, and I think this person might surprise you. My first person is actually DJ. Okay. And why, why is okay, that? Not not because I think he'd be necessarily annoying, but I have a feeling that he's just completely oblivious to anything that's going on you know like doesn't say, say good definitely. shot doesn't know where your line is walks through it maybe mm. maybe accidentally picks up your ball marker at some point in time you're talking and then he just veers off down, like down you know i, I can see a, that right down a pathway and then after everything you get done and you're like man i grinded my butt off out there i played great i shot seven he was like yeah man i don't even I don't even know. Let me add these up. What I shoot, and he's like, "Oh, sweet, a 64." <laughs> and the, the whole time he just completely ignored you, and you were mm. like, "Hey, DJ, it's your honors in the tee." Oh, oh, not nah, oh, okay, dude. All right, I'll go. So I, I'm used to the cluelessness because Mike is kind of clueless like that. Um, but I, I definitely the the post round like, oh, you know, what'd you shoot? I don't know. Let me check. Oh, something ridiculously low. I can right. definitely see that happening. <laughs> um. So the I, I so mine and this is the 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 very surprising one. I don't want to play with Tiger. You know, I, I have him on my list too. I don't want to deal with the sideshow. Okay, explain it's, the sideshow. It's, it's the tons of people following him. It's just it's too much work. It's too much energy that's going to be expended you know dealing with that and it's just going to drive me crazy i i just don't it's going to throw me off my whole routine i don't want to be there it's now a lot of people say that a lot of people say it's, it's the most difficult round is not you know leading a tournament trying to finish the most difficult round is playing with tiger at his prime because of the fact that as soon as tiger puts out every single person on that hole is jumping a hole mm-hmm. or two holes ahead, and and you might still have an eight footer left. Right. Yeah. And I've seen it. I, you know, I I've been because you know if I go to a tournament, and Tiger's playing, I'll try to you know position myself two holes ahead and just hang out there until he gets there. I check him out. You know, here's watch a shot or two, and then I call it a day and I let the masses follow him, and you know it's happening. Because all of a sudden, just massive humanity comes in, and then Tiger comes by, he leaves, massive humanity leaves, 
and then it's you know calm again. I would rather have the calm than the crazy. So I that's understood completely. If you go and follow Tiger at a tournament, you cannot watch Tiger for 18 holes. You know, you might be able to get eight mm-hmm. or nine in. Right. <clears throat> now, one of the reasons that I would not want to play with Tiger is because I feel like he's the dude now, especially at this age, where all he would talk about are like is what is hurting him. Like, oh Dan. My knee's killing me today, man. How, your mm. knee's bad? I'm like, nah, they're, 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 they're all right. Yo, I got a rod in my leg. Yo, right. I had five back surgeries. Yo, my neck is stiff. Yo, did I ever tell you when I you know, popped a ligament out of my wrist at Augusta and then pushed it back in place? Mm-hmm. Yo, you ever dislocate your ankle? Yeah, I did that four times. You ever walk around on a broken leg? No, well, I did it. I won the U.S. Open like that. Yo, you ever have back surgery? No, no, Tiger, I haven't. I had five. 2001, 2003. <laughs> yeah, next next thing you know, it's the ninth hole, and all you've talked about is ankle sprains. Right, exactly. Um, and then the only other person I had down would be <laughs> would be uh would be Bryson. He'd be annoying too. Um I, I could definitely see that. The other thing with him, um, I, I, I don't like playing catch up to people. And because he just hits the ball so far, you kind of just going to feel like you're constantly trying to catch up to him. Yeah, but he's so slow that you'll probably be ahead of him half the time anyway. That's a good point also. I, I just I feel like he's the dude who would be like, hey, see the sun up there? Yes. Yes, Bryson, I see the sun. Hey, that's. That's four million miles away. No, I, I, no, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it is, man. I know it. Okay. Hey, you see hmm. that tree over there? Yeah. Yo, that's a pine tree. Piniferous coniferous. I'm like, nah, I, Bryce, <laughs> I, I, I think that's actually like a dogwood. Nah, dude, I know everything about trees and biology. Yeah, he's like a tree expert. But, he, but an expert in everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, he's a tree expert on one hole, and then the right. next hole, like, all of a sudden, is like, yeah, you know what kind of grass that is? <laughs> I, you know, I feel like that's Kentucky blue, but it, it really has more characteristics of bent. Like, <laughs> sh- shut up, Tyler. Shut up. Just Yeah, I was, I was walking on the eighth green, and, like, you probably didn't know this, Scott. But I could tell by walking on it that it was only like 93% bent grass. And you probably thought it was 100%. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what definitely what it would be like. Hey, what type of motor do you think's in that cart over there? Because I've clocked that guy going 28 and a half miles an hour. <laughs> like, with, with what app? Nah, dude. See, I just, I just measure the distance between those two trees and then calculate the time differential took him to get there. 28.5 miles an hour. Yeah, that that would definitely be obnoxious. <laughs> I definitely could see that. Uh, um, oh, one one more, and not again, not for any reason other than I feel like this would just get old. But uh, I find kind of find Hideki Matsuyama to be a little annoying, <laughs> like himself or his swing. No, the fact that he'll hit a shot, it'll land like three inches from the hole and he's still like mad at himself. <laughs> He'll like throw a club and like the ball hit the flagstick. 
I I, 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 I could see that. I could see he that. Does, he does it all the time. I could just see that getting old after a while. He just gets frustrated with himself for no reason. Right. And you would be like, dude, I would take that shot in a heartbeat. And he's like, I was trying to stick it half a foot to the left and it went two feet to the right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've just, I, I've seen him do it, you know, a ton of times. And it's just like, really, dude? Like, come on. <laughs> All right, well, listen, give me, um, let's let's get out of here with, with predictions. Um, so what do you want? You want one guy, you want a couple. You know what? You want let's a, 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 let's you just know, go, let's go like, all in. One winner. One winner. Yeah, you've got to bet the house on one dude this week. Uh, I'll take Spieth. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, again, he's, you know, we know he's on form. He's been on form. Um, and I just, again, I feel like him and Augusta are a match made in heaven. So I'll, 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 I'll take Spieth. You there? I'm still here. Still here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. I think Bryson possessed my computer or something. <laughs> Just started playing music. That's weird. I didn't hear the music at all. And then I went to mute it and it muted all my speakers, and so I didn't hear you. That's crazy. I was so you know. So when I listen back, I'll get to hear what you said. Gotcha. So you, uh, I, mean, I heard Spieth, obviously. Yeah. I uh, like I said. I feel like I'll, I'll repeat myself because why not. Um, I feel like he is, you know, him and that course are a match made in heaven. So I just think he's on form. And when you're on form and you're playing in a place that's special to you, if good things happen. No argument. No argument. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to throw Kevin Kisner out there. Uh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Southern boy, it's going to be playing firm and fast. Distance won't be an enormous problem. He's a grinder. Played well at the match play. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's it. I got. There's no other reason. Very accurate driver of the ball. Really good putter. I mean, that's a that's a recipe for success there. Because I feel like to to win these things, you've got to go kind of off the wall. So I hope for everyone that listens to this. And here's Kevin Kisner, and then sees him in contention on Friday or Saturday, thinks of me. Yep. Uh, again, totally could happen. All right, you got any uh, You got any big plans for watching the Masters at all? Uh, no. For, I mean, I'll probably, you know, have it on at work on Thursday and Friday. Yes, sir. Um, you know, just, you know, on the side. It's not going to be my main focus of my job. It'll be the main focus of my job. Oh yeah, totally. Um, my students watch it. Yeah, no, no, no. I have, yeah. Again, I have like three or four screens in my my office, so I could have it going on a few different ones. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, we really don't have much going on other than you know planning time aside for me to watch. That's kind of the that's what we do. We plan our weekend of the Masters around the Masters. 
So that's not that's not bad. I'm actually going over to D Lose on Saturday to watch moving day. Um, mm-hmm. His wife is doing up just an enormous Augusta inspired spread. I'm bringing over some of my pulled pork. I'm gonna get up early, smoke it that morning. Wife's gonna make some some Carolina sauce for it, and uh, mm-hmm. we're just gonna go pig out Southern style in uh, in Northeast PA. Yeah, I like to do um, you know like a a little like Tiger Woods inspired Champions dinner. Um, you know, I'll, I'll grill up some burgers and stuff like that uh, for lunch usually on Saturday. Will you be having any fillet mignon? Uh, you know what? I do have some fillet mignon in the fridge right now. Uh, so maybe on Wednesday night I will, you know, cook that up with some mashed potatoes and get some spring vegetables and nice little salad on the side. And we'll dine like the champions will. I really hope that one of our listeners out there goes to a restaurant orders filet mignon, and then when the waiter or waitress tries to correct them, com- plays just completely dumb. It's like, uh, what, what, what do you mean? Nah, man, I don't want no filet mignon. I just want the filet mignon. Hook me up, dog. DJ told me. <laughs> I heard it on Leave the Pin, man. That'd be great. All right. that's I got nothing else. What do you got? Anything? Uh, I don't really have much else, no. Oh, wait, real quick. Tell me oh. about Bethpage. Bethpage screwed you over. You're supposed to play Bethpage. Bethpage is messed up. So I was, we were supposed to play there. Now, first of all, getting a tea time at Bethpage is a nightmare to begin with. Forget about yeah. like trying to get on the black course. Right. That's impossible. But like trying to get on any of the five courses is apparently a ridiculous like event. So we ended up, we got a tea time. At like the only time we could get was like seven forty-five. We kind of like started looking like later on in the week. Eventually, we got something for like eight fifty at the green course. This was after trying to move a few other things around and get an extra person in, whatever. So we ended up getting that one, and then I think we ended up switching it to a nine twenty-one, so we could you know have a little bit more time to kind of you know get ready and stuff like that. So I don't live that close to Beth page. So I had to leave my house pretty early. I get like three quarters of the way there. And my buddy calls up and he's like, yeah, uh, Beth page just canceled all the morning tea times, everything up till one o'clock um, due to wind. I, I, I think it's mind blowing that they were telling you that, you couldn't play in those conditions if you wanted to. If you wanted to pay them money, they said exactly. you couldn't play in those conditions. Exactly. And, and you know, originally, like when you know the, when he you know when he told me like oh the course is closed, I was like oh it did rain yesterday. But as I was driving, like I, I passed multiple golf courses. They were all open. So I, I'm and earlier than our tea time, I have no idea why they felt they couldn't have people out there unless there was some damage out on the course or that, all, makes, okay, all, that makes sense. So that's the only thing I could think of is they were, cause there's the red and the black are still closed. So yellow and blue were, were closed until one. So it was green unless they had some kind of damage out there. I, I don't know what reason they would have to be like, yeah, no, we can't, we can't open. 
Yeah, no, it's it's wild. It's wild, really. So, but Beth Page, as far as I'm concerned, you owe me one. So next time I'm down there, you got to get me out. There you go. All right, Scott. Well, enjoy the Masters. We'll be in touch, obviously. Everyone else out there, enjoy the Masters. It's going to be an absolute blast. field is wide open. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good, everyone.